With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. I believe in Slices out at Maxwell, jogs through, it pitches and it's four. 50 for Glenn Maxwell. Hundred for Maxwell, his second of this World Cup. Oh my goodness me, where do you get that from? This is not natural and it's far from that. And Maxwell hits it, oh, can it make it? It does make it! Glenn Maxwell, unbelievable, the most remarkable thing you'll probably ever see in cricket. <laughs> Yes, Maxie's miracle in Mumbai. The greatest Australian one-day innings there's ever been and maybe never seen. Or did you stay up for it last night in the early hours of this morning? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. G'day, thanks for swallowing the pickle juice with me this morning. This Wednesday morning, Glenn Maxwell, he'd need to be bathing in the pickle juice after that gut-busting Muscle-cramping, record-breaking innings for the ages. Our first men's double hundred in one day is pulling off that miracle win in a, against Afghanistan at the World Cup. Well, there's a phrase I never thought I'd be saying. Miracle win against Afghanistan. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 736, 736. An unbeaten 201 off 128 balls by the man a golf cart. Get him to fall off a golf cart any day of the week. In fact, buy one for the whole team if that's what they can produce after a concussion layoff. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Uh, look, it is the biggest uh, sport in Australia. Sorry, it is the biggest story in Australian sport right now. You can tell it's been a big day, isn't it? And on a day where it's a tale of two cups, World Cup and Melbourne Cup, one was with a fight, one without a fight. Uh, we'll be talking uh, of Melbourne Cup and World Cup throughout this morning. As I said, it is the biggest story in Australian sport right now. It's been sending ripples around the world as well. I've been fielding calls from radio in New Zealand about this. Ben Stokes has congratulated Maxi over social media. Yeah, can you imagine that? Uh, even Iceland cricket has jumped in. But the confession, I went to bed when the Aussies were 7 for 91. Chasing another 200 to win. They were no chance, right? Was that you? And then let's put the Melbourne Cup in perspective too, because we had a big day celebrating the Cup, didn't we? And then staying up to watch that? No, no, no. I suppose that's what makes this match winning knock the greatest ever, doesn't it? The fact that against the odds, it was a miracle win, it was a miracle knock, or has there been one better? Than what Glenn Maxwell's done. 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Surely this makes Glenn Maxwell our greatest white ball player of all time. He, he surpassed Michael Bevan, hasn't he? 
There are comparisons of Dean Jones's inning from Madras in uh, 86, that double hundred. I don't know it was a test match, but when we look at guts, when we look at players who've given their all, their bodies spent and on the line, Dino was the benchmark. I think that's just now been changed, hasn't it? Or has it? In the next half an hour, two men who can give their unique takes on all of this. We can talk numbers, we can talk stats, but how hard was it to bat in those conditions? Greg Ritchie was batting with Dino in Madras in 86. Fat Cat, not too far away. We'll just talk about those conditions. Talk about how hard it is on the bike. How hard it is to focus. How hard is it to pick up the ball when you can hardly pick up a bat? And the elephant in the room. We were seven for 91. To put it in perspective, Afghanistan, they were two for 121. Without Maxi, it's all over Red Rover. We could have easily been bowled out for under 100 by Afghanistan. Don't get me wrong. The Afghanis are one of the stories of the World Cup. Unbelievable from them, from Rashid Khan and his crew. Majib part of that, although Majib, he did drop Glenn Maxwell, gave him a reprieve, gave him a life. But Michael Kaspervich will step us through what's going on with the Australian bowling attack. Is this just wallpapering over the cracks? Are there bigger issues at play here for the Australians? And also, he's a bloke who's played with Michael Bevan. So Glenn Maxwell, Michael Bevan. Does Maxie overtake Michael Bevan as our greatest white ball player of all time? 13-13-55-0467-736-736. If you're not with Optus, yes, we know the outage is around Australia. In fact, I'll be getting an update on that from uh, Trevor Long, our tech spurt on that, uh, to find out exactly if there's been any progress being made with Optus, uh, things coming back online, how long are they expecting it to happen, and what is affected. If you're trying to get calls in, I understand that. Uh, we're doing our best to take them. Thankfully, we are not with Optus, but I know many of you are. So if you can text, text in as well. We do have prizes to give away today for the best calls and also our quiz at 11 o'clock. That's going to be a test, especially if you're Optus trying to get callers on for the quiz. But don't worry, we've got the $50 Waterloo Bay Hotel voucher and the $100 voucher to Hotel LA, the Lord Alfred, to give away for our quiz as well. As I said, the tale of two cups, one Melbourne and one World Cup. One was with a fight, the other... Without a fight. The Melbourne Cup yesterday. Well done to Mark Zara, the first jockey to go back to back on different horses in over 40 years. Unbelievable stuff. There was brilliant stuff from Without a Fight. Did you have it? And he's done the Caulfield Cup and the Melbourne Cup double. The first since Ethereal in 2001. Outstanding stuff uh, from Mark Zara and Without a Fight. But the question to you this morning. The Melbourne Cup, has it lost its luster? Somewhere along the line, the race that stops the nation has become the race that distracts the nation. Or, or that's the feeling I've been getting talking to a myriad of people over the last week. Where have the great stories gone of race wins, the against the odds collects, the payouts that never should have been, the accidental heroes? Well, where have they gone? Because I haven't been hearing many of those. And if you've got one, let's hear them today. Prove me wrong that the Melbourne Cup is not losing its shine. 
Because those stories over the last week in the circles that I've been running in from a wide scope of society, they've been replaced with, oh, bugger, Melbourne Cup, forgot it was on. Or, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have a punt from my desk. Or, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it, have a shandy and then head back to work. Or, I went to a function, but it was a bit meh. Was that you? And, and yeah, I'm conscious of who I'm talking to as well. I understand this is sports radio. So if you're listening, you've got a vested interest in sport. But then I also live in the same world as you. A world with more distractions, more pressures, more pace in our lives than in any time in history. So I ask again, the Melbourne Cup, has it lost its shine? 13, 13, 55, 0467736736. Or does it still mean something to you? Melbourne Cup, actually, that's the question. That's the question. What does Melbourne Cup Day mean for you? 13, 13, 55, 0467736736. How did you spend yesterday? And it's okay if you didn't do anything for the cup. Didn't get dressed up. Didn't go anywhere. Yeah, you may have watched it, but then did, where did you watch it? From the couch? From home? Did you listen to it here on SENQ as you were driving around at, at work? I, I'd love to hear why. Why you did what you did on Melbourne Cup Day yesterday. What, what's changed? Has sport, has life evolved so much that simply watching a horse race, and no longer the richest race in the country, it doesn't just cut it anymore? Does there need to be more entertainment around the cup, more spark, more pizzazz? And if so, what? Or are you just listening now wondering what the hell I'm talking about? And that's okay too. Melbourne Cup Day, what does it mean for you? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. For me, it's, it's part of our DNA, right? It, it, it's folklore of our country. It, it's un-Australian not to have a bet on the cup. And that's how I was brought up. And I was brought up in a family that... I was brought up in a family that, that, that wasn't really big into punting and betting at all, but Dad would always ask for our numbers, my mum, my brother, myself, on Cup Day, and he'd put a dollar each way on it. That was during the 70s and 80s growing up. Through the Great Depression, Farlap was the people's champ. The, the races were the entertainment hubs of a town and a city. I mean, my granddad used to tell us stories about that. I'm sure yours did too. But that was two generations ago. They've long gone, and sadly, so are their stories. So... In 2023, what, what does Melbourne Cup mean for you? I also remember at school, during the 80s and 90s, like we'd stop for the Melbourne Cup. The teachers would get us all together in one classroom. They'd wheel out the TV, the brown box, and we'd watch it. We'd stop at school to watch the Melbourne Cup. Does that happen now? No. Not at my kids' school. I mean, they come home and talk about, oh, but what about the horses and the cruelty? And like, come on, what? Who's putting that in your head? Things have changed, haven't they? Or haven't they? What does Melbourne Cup Day mean to you? And what are teachers doing at 2 o'clock on the first Tuesday in November that are more important than actually tapping into our cultural history of our nation, our identity? Should they be stopping at schools and watching the Melbourne Cup? I mean, that's one of the more Australian things to do, isn't it? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. But most importantly, what does the Melbourne Cup mean to you? It's actually going to be the first question I'm going to ask a man who's on the line right now. We should be talking cricket, but you know what? I'm going to get into this Melbourne Cup and then we'll talk World Cup. Greg Ritchie, a very good morning to you, mate. 
Hey, great, Ben. Great to be with you, pal. Uh, I loved listening to what you just spoke about, Ben, friend. You are right on the money. It is history. It's tradition. It's a part of our culture, our diggers, those wonderful men and women who have, you know, represented us and fought for the great freedoms that we have in Australia, fought for the freedoms and the life that we have out here. Um, They love the Melbourne Cup and it's tradition. 1965 is the first one I can remember, Ben, and a horse called Lightfingers won it. And I remember sitting at home with my father, who had um, not a lot of money, who had backed Lightfingers and won about three quid and thought it was nearly a week's wages. Uh, thought it was bloody fantastic. Yesterday, I spent it, mate, in answer to your questions that you're asking your audience, um, on the driving range at Sanctuary Cove in Queensland in a big marquee. We ran sweepstakes. We had 220 people present. Now, they were all of my ilk, my age, in their 60s. But these people are traditionalists, mate. We, there's not a lot of wokeness in that tent. These are people whose fathers and brothers and sisters have fought for Australia to give us the great freedoms that we enjoy, one of which is going to the races and and giving our kids safe school environments. And if the teachers aren't drumming this culture into our children, well, then it's pretty poor. I know my daughter was involved in a sweep at school. So good. good on it. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad somewhere that they are still doing this. Sadly, it's it's not it's not the experience with with my kids that uh, and, and they go they go to a, a public school, so the state school. So yeah. I, I'm just. I, so I, does mine. I'm 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 just fearful, Cat, that we are losing something that is part of it. And, but why is it? Because that life is so fast moving around us now. We have other distractions. I just hope we don't lose this. And I'm so glad that that is how you spent Melbourne Cup Day. I spent it with the hosting the Endeavour Foundation's Melbourne Cup uh, luncheon, which was primarily a fundraiser. So you can it can mean so many different things to so many different people and Absolutely. so many different organisations. So I'm glad yeah. that um, I'm glad that you did that, and I'm glad that your daughter had that experience too, mate. I don't know. Then after the shandies you may have been having one, two, or seven yeah. in that marquee. Are you able to stay up and push through and watch Australia and watch Glenn Maxwell and what he did in the early hours of this morning? Oh, Ben, I've got to be honest with you, mate. I I went to bed. Uh, I said to my wife, uh, Rachie, I said, I've got to go to bed, love. (laughs) And I got a feeling I may miss one of the great innings in one-day cricket. I said, I just don't think he can continue in this vein. But I said, I can't stay up. I woke this morning and said, hey, said you were right. You missed one of the great innings. And I've just been <laughs> reading about it. I, I can watch the replay, but, mate, what an innings. What a performance. Um, something that will stay in folklore in Australian cricket for decades to come. What a player. Um, I love watching him play. Um, the pain and the... the the, the adversity he faced to, to get Australia to the winning line was um, was amazing. I had seen it once before live, uh, such an innings, in a test match um, at a place called Chennai or the Old Madras when uh, my roommate for the week in that test match was a gentleman called Dean Jones and he made 201 
an innings that I still consider to be the greatest test innings I've ever seen. Um, and he was falling to the ground. He was vomiting. He was uh, cramping. But like Maxwell did, he kept getting up and uh, got the job done. We tied that game. Mm. We didn't win it. But Maxwell's effort last night, incredible. And you know what? I've got to say, Cummins, whilst he only made 12 in that partnership of uh, whatever it was, the eight wicket, 100 and, or 200, was it 200, I think, yeah. the partnership? Yes, <laughs> 202. Uh, he, yeah, he only made 12. The, the <laughs> situation was, Maxwell uh, quotes this morning and says, look, it wasn't just swinging willy-nilly, we had a plan. So the two of them still kept their heads and planned how they were going to do it. But to pull it off is remarkable. Great, great performance by Cummins to keep his um, his number one batter going. But Maxwell, I take my hat off to you. That was six. That was just special. No, I don't want to sound like Bruce McAvaney, but <laughs> that was just special, Ben. Unbelievable, mate. Greg, I'll get to Chennai Madras and Dean Jones in just a moment. But let's go back to Pat Cummins there. I, I think there's so – I think that is as special innings as Maxwell because he needed to stay in. He needed to do what he did for Maxi Absolutely. to actually do what he – what's that like being at the other end when someone is on a uh, on a tear like that and, and you need to, yeah. to hold on? Well, it's a, it's a very fine balance when, when the bloke at the other end is tearing them apart. Um, and you, you know that if you lose his wicket, you're gone. Because there's a fine line between saying to him, just kind of keep your head to some degree. Yeah. You don't want to say too much because, you know, you don't want to muck up his momentum. Um, but you just support him, just telling him great shot, good shot, fantastic, keep him going. In between overs, talk about anything else bar what the situation is. Um, keep his spirits up. Just keep him focused on what he's doing because you identify yourself that um, the bloke at the other end is hitting them right in the middle of the bat. And Cummins would have seen that. Uh, Cummins would have seen it doesn't matter where they bowl to him. Uh, he can, he's got the ability uh, and the power and he's hitting them. He's in that sort of rare form that he can uh, just hit boundaries like he did. At, at will. And the, the, the situation was uh, that I enjoyed reading this morning was come, um, Maxwell said, we, we had it down to one a ball. So he said, I knew if I just stayed at one end and hit two, two boundaries and over, um, we'd get the job done. I mean, that's very, very good thinking in a time where your body's telling you just lay down. Um, that's uh, to keep the mental... Um, and he, both he and Cummins, they would have planned that, said, yeah, two, two boundaries and over. The bowling wasn't sensational, and Maxwell would have felt confident that he could have made two, three boundaries and over, which is going to get the job done. Just brilliant. Mentally, mental toughness in that situation, um, only few players have it. Glenn Maxwell's one of them. Dean Jones, the other, and we are speaking to Greg Ritchie, who is there when the innings they are comparing this to. I know it's a, two different forms of cricket, but both yeah. on the same, yeah. both on the same part of the world, in conditions yeah. that were quite similar. The mental strength. I mean, what what you saw, Dean Jones's body yeah. go through, his mind go through. Yeah, well, I had the pads on. I was next in. Um, so I sat there with the pads on for a long time. I felt confident I wouldn't bat for a long time because he was in the same form as Maxwell. 
it didn't matter where they bowled to him. He was able to hit, pierce the field or hit it over the boundary or into the boundary. Um, but his, his uh, physical um, problems were enormous. I mean, he would go down and play a sweep shot off Meninder Singh and then he just couldn't get up. He, he would just cramp. And there was a situation where about six or seven balls, he'd play the shot, hit it for four. Our physio would have to run out and get him up off the deck because the Indians weren't going to help him. Um, they were appealing to the umpires that he should retire her. Bob Simpson was running out on the ground saying, you're not retiring her. Alan Border, his captain, just like Cummins at the other end, saying all the right things to him. How you going? Keep it going. He'd hit a shot. He wasn't running too much, nor was Maxwell, but he'd hit a shot, walk over to the side of the wicket, and um, no, no nicer way to say it, and vomit. Poor bugger. Um, when, he, when he left the field, um, obviously I went out to bat to join Border, but when Jones came into the dressing room, he uh, physically collapsed. He fell to the floor, and um, he lost a lot of fluid, um, his body shut down and he was rushed to hospital and spent the next three days in hospital, um, which was terrific for me because I had the room to myself. Um, but anyway. <laughs> but... <laughs> what about you? I bet, I bet the chafe index would have been high too, just quietly. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it, 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 look, he uh, that was a great innings. But I'm not going to, you know, poor old Dino's no longer with us. Yeah. He was a great mate. No one to um, at this form of the game, 50 over game, but oh man, uh, Glenn Maxwell may well have surpassed him uh, in stature with that innings last night in the 50 over game. Mm. Just brilliant. How does he look? How does he hit them back over his head and reverse sweeps and all that? If I'd have tried that, I've had no teeth. <laughs> I'd have got whacked in it. I just don't. They play a game with which I'm not familiar. I do not know how they pull off those shots. It's brilliant to watch. When they get out, it doesn't look terrific. But when it, when it comes off, I just don't know how they do it. Hit flick shots back over their head, over the wicket keeper's head. It's brilliant. They practice it very hard. They're very skillful. Glenn Maxwell, brilliant. Brilliant indeed. And brilliant to catch up with you too, mate. Thank you for sharing. Thank oh, you for taking us on that journey. And um, enjoy enjoy the, the last 24 hours. Soak it up. The tale of two cups, the Melbourne Cup and the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and good on you, Ben, for letting your audience know, your listeners know, that it's so vital that we teach our kids our culture, our traditions, one of which is the race that stops a nation, the Melbourne Cup. It's to be celebrated. Our diggers, I'll say it one more time, our men and women of the armed forces who fought for Australia in all of those conflicts, World War I, II, Korean War, Vietnam, Afghanistan, um, they fought for us to give us this wonderful country that we have so that we can enjoy events like the Melbourne Cup. Our kids shouldn't be taught to stop looking forward all the time at climate change and all the rest of it and scaring the bejesus out of kids. Look backwards sometimes. Look at what our grandfathers and great-grandfathers did and mothers, every race who, who, who were, were in the Australian Armed Forces, 
you know, Aboriginal, Italian Greeks, all of those people who represented Australia in those conflicts, celebrate them. Go to the Melbourne Cup, have a little flutter, have a couple of beers and enjoy some time with your mates. It's Australia, the greatest nation in the world. That's enough from me, Ben. I'm <laughs> No, mate, well said. Appreciate it. And always good to chat. Greg, Greg Ritchie calling it and seeing it how he is, but he was also calling it and seeing how he was with Dean Jones too back in 86. Outstanding stuff. Thank you for the chat, mate. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. We're off and running this Wednesday morning. Twenty-five to ten. Thanks for your company, SCNQ. Ben Davis with you until midday today. If you are with Optus, it's probably quiet at your place right now. The phone not ringing, the internet, it is a struggle. There is a nationwide outage, as we've been hearing in the news, text messages, phone calls. What does it all mean? When will it come back? What can you do? Well, let's find out. Trevor Long, my old mate from EFTM.com. Everything for the man is all across this. He is a tech expert, and thankfully, he's not with Optus. Are you, Trevor? Good morning to you, mate. <laughs> no, no, I'm with Vodafone, and I've, my phone hasn't stopped ringing, so no outages there. And unfortunately, people are, as you say, waking up with literally no mobile coverage today. And the thing about this is I'm calling it the, the biggest telco outage we've ever had because we've never had a telco lose everything, mobile, home broadband, landlines, and that's of grave concern, I think, because most people in the telco space are wondering how on earth this could even happen. And Optus said this morning, look, we know about it. We're working on it. We're sorry. And they did say that if you're on a mobile, you can still definitely call triple zero in an emergency. But I will say I've had contact from Optus in the last half hour and they've asked me to confirm that if you've got an Optus landline, that will not work with triple zero. So you must use a mobile to call triple zero. Oh my God, that's that, that's that's frightening because we know that a lot of people still uh, 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 have landlines, need landlines too when it comes to communication like that. Now, mate, any any idea time frame when this could be get, getting back? Is there anything that's starting to trickle through? Absolutely nothing. And let me say this: the longer it goes on, the longer I think it's going to go on, <clears throat> because without them making any statement about what it is or resolution time, it feels like it's difficult for them. So unfortunately, I don't see this being over until at the very least early afternoon, if not through the day. This could be a whole business day outage for some businesses who rely on Optus for their uh, different things like payment uh, terminals. Um, yeah. Commonwealth Bank can't process SMSs right now, so they can't send you a, a bank code to make transfers. It's wide reaching. Okay, well, that was going to be my final question to you. I mean, so even if you're not with Optus, you could be affected by this because what, trying to pay, trying to, to get to transfer funds, something like that? Yeah, imagine you're a small business, you're a cafe, you've got a little, one of those little payment terminals yeah. that allows you to accept credit cards. It's on the Optus network. That's how it gets uh, your transactions through. Now, you could, you could look to maybe pairing that with a Telstra phone or something as a workaround, um, but those, those kind of things are going to be a problem for businesses today, and you're going to very quickly realise how much you rely on the Optus network. Trevor, thank you, mate. Thank you for the update. I know it's a busy day for you. Trevor Long, expert part of EF, well, not part of, he is the man behind EFTM, a technology commentator. He knows all about this. So, look, if you're with Optus, 
just hold on, buckle down. Maybe enjoy the fact that you can't get that phone call. You, you always, you know, when the phone rings and you just go, God, I wish I would just stop ringing for some. But now when it's affecting your business, it's very different, isn't it? Very different. Or you're enjoying the solitude. Not that you could tell me. Not that you could text. Not that you could call in. Sends up some smoke signals. 13 13 55 0467 It is Wacky Wednesday in such a way. Yesterday, Melbourne Cup Day, it did throw a few things out. And that's why we are talking about Melbourne Cup today. I'll get to the texts that are coming through and the phone calls very shortly. But because of a shortened show yesterday, our Melbourne Cup special, we are doing the quiz today. 11 o'clock today on a Wednesday the quiz. That's right. And you know how it works. The last man standing. I've got to give you some answers of the 10 questions going through. So we'll be doing that uh, as the, actually, I may as well give you an answer now. Uh, do, 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 do. Mm. Slovenia. There we go. Slovenia. Write that down at 11 o'clock. You will need that as one of the answers for the quiz. Uh, dinner or drinks on us at the Lord Alfred today. Uh, up for grabs at the 11 o'clock. Quiz whiz. 13 13 0467 Get to your text calls straight after this, but also I want to touch base with Michael Kaspervich. Yes, cricket is the number one story in the country right now, but did Glenn Maxwell's heroics, did his record-breaking innings wallpaper over the cracks of the big divide in the Australian cricket team. That next. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Slam and Sam getting ready for Motley Crue tonight at Suncorp Stadium. Def Leppard and Motley Crue kickstart your heart. It's exactly what Glenn Maxwell did overnight in Mumbai, the miracle of Mumbai. Yes, it is the biggest story in Australian sport right now. And as I said, it's causing ripples around the world. Ben Stokes, can you believe this? Even congratulated Maxi on social media. Who would have thought the Palms team up? Iceland cricket's been part of it. We're getting calls from New Zealand radio as well. It's just all happening. Thanks to Glenn Maxwell. But the elephant in the room, Australia was seven for 91 against Afghanistan in a World Cup. That's what makes this inning so special. It's what dragged Australia out of the fire. But is it just wallpapering over some cracks there, some pretty significant cracks? Let's find out. A man who's been there and done it all before and a man who's been there and done it with alongside Michael Bevan as well, white ball specialist, has Glenn Maxwell just taken over as our greatest white ball player of all time? Let's find out. Michael Kaspervich, very good morning to you. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, is Maxi our best white ball exponent? Well, that certainly was the best <laughs> innings we've ever seen. I think even that that's what people are saying, that um, the most incredible uh, batting display. Um, and I think the, the word unreal pops in my head. It was almost like it was not real. The yeah. situation, what actually happened through there is it was just uh, not only outrageous, but incredible. Well, we, 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 we got a, a taste of it from Greg Ritchie about half an hour ago, about what conditions in India and batting and, and just the, the physical toll those conditions take on. And you've, you've been there and done that. I mean, from a, from a bowler's point of view, having to run in all all 
day or, you know, even for, even for 10 overs if it's a one day, how difficult is that just to get a control of the ball but also to what you're putting your body through? Well, on the plus side, I managed to lose about 10 kilos in three weeks <laughs> there back in the day. Um, we're due to go back there pretty soon, I reckon. Anyway, um, it oh, look, it's, it's heaps. And, and it, you've still got to perform. That's the thing. You're playing against the best players in the world. In these conditions that are so different from what we face, obviously, here naturally in Australia. But when you do have that, um, the heat, um, it affects everything, not only physically. And we saw um, Maxi, uh, Glenn Maxwell cramping, I think, um, in the innings. And sort of all of a sudden, that's, you know, debilitating to actually get there. But just your concentration. Um, when you're starting to think about the fact that everything else is hurting um, instead of watching the ball, that can be the biggest, you know, the distraction as well. So add that to the, the equation, and which probably does make it the best white ball innings ever. We lost six for 44, Michael. I mean, this is mm. wallpapering over the cracks, isn't it? As, as amazing as Glenn Maxwell, and we've got to pay some tribute to Pat Cummins as well for holding up the other end and not getting out <laughs> um, <laughs> in, in that record eight-wicket partnership. But when, when Australia goes from two for 43 to six for 87 or seven for 91, there, there's, some, there's some issues with our batting lineup, isn't there? Absolutely. Um Absolutely. But this is the, oh, look, I know that um, he used, I heard him um, interviewed and talked about the word belief. And I love the word belief because it's contagious in your winning dressing rooms. And you just feel that we will keep going here and, and hopefully um, uh, it becomes infectious in amongst everyone else in the team. They feel like those, just believing that you can win from anywhere when you're looking around that dressing room and, and the people around you and they're not just relying on Obviously, and innings like that. But, yeah, look, the other thing, too, I think he, Maxwell came out. Um, it was a ninth over. He was facing hat-trick ball as well. Yeah. So it was it was one of those things. I, unfortunately, didn't stay up because, uh, of course, I was up um, training this morning. Uh, mm. And it's <laughs> uh, a good excuse after Melbourne Cup that year, no? Well, I, no, I, I actually missed it, missed the Melbourne Cup. So I'm not sure that listeners want to hear any of that. But, I, yeah, too busy. Anyhow, um, but Maxi, the whole innings, and oh, sorry, your point around the Australian team, I think that is a, it is a big concern. And I think as much as, you know, it's a warning sign to the other teams to come in the semi-final, and certainly India would look at Australia, I mean, they'd probably look at the rest of the, the competition, who could beat us in our home grounds in this World Cup. And you'd like to think that Australia is probably the only team that could really, they think maybe have some doubt. Mm. But coming into, you know, I guess seeing that 7 for 91, as you pointed out, um, you know, I don't think they'll be worrying to worry too much. Okay. Well, Michael, what's a bigger concern? Our batting lineup at 7 for 91 or our bowlers where we were 2 for 43, uh, Afghanistan 2 for 121, 3 for 173, uh, 5 for 2. They were, they were, our bowlers were, it seemed like a pop gun attack. Compared to oh, I was dishing up. Yeah, you've got to give credit to Ibrahim uh, Zadran. Uh, 129, the first Afghanistan century in World Cup cricket in history ever. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but, but Mike, I mean, Stark, Stark, yeah. Hazelwood, Cummins, Zampa, Maxwell. Mm. I mean, we, we're talking about in yeah. What, what's one of the more lethal? Well, supposed to be one of the more lethal attacks in world cricket. Uh, yep. 
Yeah, I suppose, and maybe that was the conditions as well. Obviously, hot middle of the day when you're bowling first, um, hotter than later on, essentially. Um, yeah, I think that all, all those things, it's such a different place to play and then certainly execute your skills. Um, and I think that's it, um, that we haven't quite been doing that. But I think your first point, um, let's throw it back on the batsman here, seven for 91. Uh, um, <laughs> the fast bowlers can't tell. The quick can't tell. You stick together, <laughs> don't you? Hey? Absolutely. Those bloody batsmen. Those bloody batsmen. All right. Well, we, know, we know where that's going. Well, actually, I'll throw it open. What's a bigger concern? Our batting lineup or the bowling lineup? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Casper, very quickly, in about 60 seconds, I just want to pick up on the fact you said I missed the Melbourne Cup. I was too busy. I'm putting the question out today. Has the Melbourne Cup lost its luster? Have we, are we too distracted now to actually stop for the Cup? Well, I've is, never been a, yeah. yeah. I, I've never really been a big um, punter um, within the, the team or anything like that. So it's never sort of, I've never really got into it. But it's Melbourne Cup, mate. Yeah, I realise that. And I'd, I'd get into it if I was given a ticket to a corporate lunch or something. <laughs> or if there was a party, I'd, I'd absolutely I'd be elbows deep. But, <laughs> and look, it's not—it's not a criticism. I'm just—I'm just—I'm <laughs> dipping the toe in the water. It's not a criticism. I'm just—I'm mm. just trying to get a, mm. a, a take the pulse and see. Yeah. In 2023, has it changed a bit? I mean, we used to stop at school they, and watch it, right? What's what? Do they still do that? Well, I don't think so. I—I I, I don't um. know. Oh, well, right, but th- that's what we're opening it up for. Maybe they should. Should our because t- it's it's part of our culture, part of our heritage, our DNA, isn't it? As Australians, I, I suppose you shouldn't really advertise um, uh, gambling um, yeah. in, in the schools. Um, so I know that that's probably why <laughs> they, they did pull that back, along with everything else at the moment. So, yeah. uh, no, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, mate, thank you for jumping on and uh, giving us your expertise as well. I really appreciate it. Uh, the chat, the time has got away from us. Michael Kasperovich, there, man, has been there and done it all before as far as white ball cricket. Imagine what you could be buying instead. We have to do that. We mentioned gambling. Uh, it is coming up to seven away from ten. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Close, surely given. Rashid Khan strikes. It's not a good shot from Marcus Stoinis with his team in trouble and under pressure. There is a catch. There is a catch. There is a catch and a half. But he has to go for three. Australia in deep trouble. 91 for seven. Well, it's a big show. Fight's on. The fight is on from Glenn Maxwell. Slices out at Maxwell, jogs through, it pitches and it's four. 50 for Glenn Maxwell. This time he goes high, he goes straight, he goes long, does Maxwell. 100 for Maxwell, his second of this World Cup. Sweet. Boundaries might be small, yeah, but he's hitting it so sweet it doesn't matter. Oh, he's played that on one leg. Oh, that was bowling and ball, man, and he's got it down here for four. The 
astonishing stuff. Oh my goodness gracious me. and it's far from that. Far enough, is it? Yes, it is by a metre. Maxwell moves into the 190s. Crashes that through the offside for four more. They won't stop that either. Maxwell to 195. Everybody here's on their feet. And Maxwell hits it high. Can it make it? Uh, what a performance indeed. What, what a call from Ian Smith as well. One done, well done, Slam and Sam, putting that uh, montage together. It, it is the greatest one-day innings we have ever seen by an Australian. And it happened at the World Cup. Maxi's miracle in Mumbai. Uh, maybe, though, it's the greatest innings we've never seen because, hand up, you may have been like me. I, I went to bed when we were 7 for 91. This game was all over in 20 minutes. What am I staying up for? Mm, I wish I wasn't that. So, all day, we'll be playing highlights across the network. It is the biggest story in Australian sport right now. We've heard from Greg Ritchie. We've heard from Michael Kaspervich on, on two different sides of the coin. Greg Ritchie was there when Dean Jones was batting in Chennai, Madras, as it was back then, the tired test. They call that one of the greatest innings ever by an Australian. Has this surpassed it? Both were cramping. Both were under duress. The heat, the humidity, it will go down in Australian sporting folklore. And then... Michael Kaspervich, yes, we won. Yes, Glenn Maxwell, amazing, but we were 7 for 91. Is this just wallpapering over some cracks for the Australian cricket team? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Has there been an innings better than this? Surely not. No? Do you rate Michael, uh, Michael Bevan, do you rate Glenn Maxwell better than Michael Bevan with the white ball? Could this be better than Dean Jones's innings? All these questions set to be answered today. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736. Adele has jumped on the line. Uh, Del, very good morning to you. Good morning. You, you've, got a, you've got a Greg Ritchie story. I certainly have. Okay. Yes, it was lovely to hear him. And, and uh, I was so impressed that I couldn't help but ring up and, and say thank you for having him on. And it took me back to my early teaching days at Silstone School when he was there as an eight-year-old. Were you his teacher as an eight-year-old, Del? Uh, I was, I was. What was an eight-year-old uh, Greg Ritchie like, Del? Well, he was, he was probably the biggest, strongest boy in the class yeah. for a start. Yeah. And probably the smartest, but he didn't work too hard at it. He didn't have to. <laughs> Um, he, he was up in the top five uh, all the time. Really? And and a, and a great kid. He um, every lunchtime he'd pack up the bag of of cricket gear and carry it down to the oval, and all the other 
boys trailing after him and he'd organise a cricket match at lunchtime. And uh, he was also uh, uh, quite talented um, in in oh, so many areas. Um, Hang on, Del. Are you sure he hasn't phoned you before you coming on just to say, hey, talk me up, talk me up. Let, let's, no, <laughs> this no, is not the great no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had... Um, uh, we had... Uh, what would you call them, little operators, and and he would sing, and um, this is priceless. He was, uh, was quite quite the actor. <laughs> well, we can, we can uh, see we can see now he's an entertainer away from the cricket pitch. Exactly, absolutely. We can see and, where it's uh, come from. Yes, and he was, as I said, he was an excellent swimmer too, and uh, I. I uh, had to get him to help me fish another little fellow out of the pool one day. He jumped in quite happily and pulled him over to the side. Uh, I've had to do that myself a couple of times. But, uh, <laughs> oh, no, Greg, Greg was there and he said, I'll get him. <laughs> oh, Del, th- the these, are, these are great memories. I'm, I'm glad you phoned in. And you know what? I'll be yeah. playing this recording. I'll send this to Greg. And uh, what, can, Del, can I ask, if you don't mind, your, your last name? Because he would have known you as Miss or Mrs. Uh, yes, he would have known me as Miss McClurg. Miss and he McClurg. was in grade three at Silkstone State School. And I loved his views on the Melbourne Cup and, and the cricket. I... I'm a, I'm a cricket tragic. Yes. And, and a sports tragic, so I, I uh, listen to your station all the time. Good oh, on you, Del. How did you spend the Melbourne Cup yesterday? Did you back a winner? Um, no, <laughs> but I attended okay. two Melbourne Cup fun- functions. Two? What One wasn't a, enough. A morning one, <laughs> yes, a morning one and an afternoon one. Oh. Good, good, good. If you say, how can I have a morning one, it's a long story, but... <laughs> <laughs> Our, um, yeah. one too. Del, and I, I listened to the to the cricket last night, watched, <laughs> watched it until they got to, you know, seven down for a hundred and something. Yes. Uh, but kept it on the radio and woke up, oh, woke up a couple of times when they were getting there and getting there and I managed to... What's the end of it? Oh, good stuff. Well, you, you've outlasted me, which is brilliant stuff. So thank you for the call today and, and uh, letting us know what a little a little Greg Ritchie was like. What about that? Del, thank you. 13, 13, 50. Let's, Braden, I'm going to, Hoff, I'm going to put you back to uh, the Hoff. And he, he is, he's, he's going to rummage around the prize cupboard. I, I think a call like that deserves something. Somewhere, somehow, we'll find it. Del, thank you for sharing. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. She touched on the Melbourne Cup. And if you're just joining us for the first time today, one of the questions I'm asking, has the Melbourne Cup, I don't believe I'm asking this, has the Melbourne Cup lost its luster, lost its shine? We just heard Michael Kaspervich say that, oh, mate, no, too busy. I, 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 didn't, watch, I didn't watch it, didn't do anything. That that's unheard of, isn't it? As Australians, it's it's part of our it's part of our culture. It's part of our DNA. It's the fabric of our society. The race that stops the nation, or is it just now a race that distracts a nation? So the question I'm asking you today: What does the Melbourne Cup or Melbourne Cup Day mean 
to you. And it's okay if it's changed. And it's okay if you didn't do anything. I just want to take the temperature on this, get your pulse, get the feel. In 2023, has it changed? 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Uh, Mick from Northlake saying, Ben, I love the Melbourne Cup, but to me, it's become the race that stops Victoria and pauses the rest of the nation for three to five minutes. If they want it to be the race that stops the nation, then stop the nation. Just not Victoria. I reckon Mick's angling for a public holiday in Queensland. That, that's, what I, that's what I reckon. But see, it's our unofficial public holiday anyway, isn't it? Like you go to work till what, maybe lunchtime, maybe 11 and you don't go back to the office, do you? No, well, but as I mentioned, the blokes I was with yesterday from the Sanford Stags at the Endeavour Foundation function, they had their phones with them. They, they weren't going back to work, but they were taking calls. Well, expecting calls. Who's calling on Melbourne Cup Day? But that's it. They were there. They were ready to work if needed in some capacity. Uh, John's out at Aspley. He said... Um, <clears throat> Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, with a lot of the focus on cricket this morning, I'd just like to raise the spirit of cricket. As a 14, 15-year-old, I grew up playing men's cricket in country Queensland where it was almost an honour system. The batting team, umpire, I often saw players walk and umpires asking, did you catch it? Did you hit it? Somehow we need to get that level of honour back into international cricket. But I know how difficult this would be, given that the win-at-all-cost mentality of most teams. So absolutely nailed it. There we go. The, the spirit of cricket, and it's, where do we go back there? It's, it's what we spoke about, you and I, a couple of weeks ago. Spirit of cricket. Can it exist in the cutthroat world of professional sport? Win-at-all-costs. Is, is it about results? Or is it about your reputation? I reckon your currency of reputation, the currency that holds, especially post-career, is huge, isn't it? 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Straight after this break, we will be hearing from a worldwide phenomena in sport. It is landing here in Brisbane. If you're looking for something to do with, well, actually, not only the kids. I mean, this crosses and spans all generations. It's as much a part of pop culture as it is our sporting culture. What is it? Where is it? How long is it going to be here? We'll find out straight after this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Yeah, coming up at 11 o'clock, what's that, 40 minutes time, we have the quiz. I know that's on a Wednesday, but that's okay because the Melbourne Cup day yesterday. We just shuffled a few things around. Now, one of the answers you'll need for the quiz is Shane Watson. Ooh, write that one down, Shane Watson. We'll be doing that after 11 o'clock today. Uh, all thanks to the Brisbane Heat. Get your Brisbane Heat tickets today at Ticketek. Uh, the, well, the Big Bash season's coming up uh, December 7. It all kicks off at the Gabba, uh, where right now the Queensland Bulls are in action against South Australia. Four for 103. Uh, they trail South Australia by 256 runs with six wickets remaining. We're talking day three of the Shield match uh, at the Gabba. All thanks to Queensland Cricket. The Big Bash is back. Don't miss the Brisbane Heat's five home games at the Gabba. Uh, that's just one thing you can do this summer in Brisbane. Another 
is an exhibition that is coming to town and it all ramps up this week. It is one of the biggest sports on the planet, one of the global phenomenons. And as I said, it's more than just sport. It's part of popular culture, not only in this country, but around the world. And it all started in the United States. I am talking about the NBA. That's right. The NBA exhibition is in town. It's all getting underway. Where is it? What is it? What can you expect? Well, that's why we have my next guest right here in the studio from the NBA expedition uh, ex- exhibition, uh, Celine Lacaille. Celine, very good morning. Celine, very good morning to the NBA exhibition. This is a huge Huge testament and, uh, I guess, monument to the game, isn't it? A game that is surpassing not just sport but a popular culture around the world. Exactly. Uh, once I dive into NBA, you see it's more than a game. It's entertainment. It's lifestyle. It's culture. It's fashion. It's food. It's music. It's everything. And everything is so big and tall and large. You know, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. It's such a fascinating world and it's so much fun. Uh, I've been a big basketball fan, but once you get into NBA, it's something really different and it's amazing. Whereabouts is it going to take place? How do we see it? And what will we be seeing when it's there? It is going to place in lower ground in Queens Plaza Mall mm-hmm. uh, and it will be opening its doors tomorrow and towards the end of the year. And you can buy tickets on fever.com uh, and it is uh, around 1,000 square meters. It's a full experience. It's not ju- just about authentic items, signed memorabilia. You have an infinity room where you can be part of the game. You will see signed jerseys. You will see the first basketball from 1940s. It's all leather. You will see the biggest shoe in NBA history, Shaquille O'Neal's size 22, which is 58. <laughs> size 22. So Shaq's shoe will be there. And you mentioned shoes. We... I was growing up and the hottest item to get were Air Jordans. Exactly. And again, M- Michael Jordan, it, it, NBA, it, it's, it transcends sport. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, you will see many shoes, signed <laughs> shoes, you know, many sizes. But for me, when I first received the autographed item of sh- Shucks, I was like, oh, my God, is this real? <laughs> and then you will have a draft combine where you can test your skills if you can be an NBA player. And then we have uh, measure-ups. You can... Uh, you know, measure your feet and your hand and you will see how small you are, you know. And then, (laughs) (laughs) you know, sometimes I think I should have drunk more milk, you know, to be taller maybe. (laughs) Oh, is that the secret, is it? More milk. Uh, Queen Street Mall, inside Queen's Plaza, downstairs in the basement of a a thousand square metres. Balls, memorabilia, the stats, but the immersion stuff that you just spoke about. So you can test your skills. Exactly. What what does that look like? Well, picking up a basketball and... There are three... uh, you know drills that you will do and there is like an app you know it tests your skills and it tells you what you're good at how uh, high you can jump what kind of skills you're good at and you know we have the hoop arcade where you can just have a little competition with your friend with your family and uh, you you we have ar and vr so you can take photos and we have also some art pieces all uh, created by Australian artists inspired by NBA. So it's oh, a really? mixture, yeah. It's a mixture of everything. It's, it's a full experience. 
full immersive experience of, of NBA, and it goes back to the, the 40s, as you, as exactly. you said. Exactly. Yeah. There is a surprise. You will see a locker room with the first basketball shoes. It's, it's falling. It's, it's like Converse now, you know, and yeah. then you're thinking, how could they play with that ball, that full leather ball, <laughs> and with that shoes, but that's how it all started. Brilliant. The NBA exhibition, it's coming to Brisbane. We are the first stop on the Australian tour, and it's going to be here until the end of the year. Yes, at least end of, end of the year, and our then it will continue as Australian tour. Outstanding stuff. The, the, the popularity of, of, of the game in Australia, I mean, this, this country has one of the highest subscriptions, the NBA pass sign-up. So, so we know there's an appetite for it in, in this country. Uh, why do you think that is? Why is Australia hooked into the NBA so much? I think there are also, you know, Australian players who had you know, great uh, success in the history. And we also have a section just for Australian players, NBA and WNBA. We have a couple of signed uh, items mm. and also the statistics. And I think it's all around the world, you know, especially Asia Pacific and Australia has a great interest in the sport, in NBA. And that's oh, that's what you know convinced us to bring the tour here uh, to Australia. Well, well, that's the thing. This is a worldwide expedi- uh, exhibition. Yes. It's 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 been around the world and landing here in Australia. Yes, exactly. Um, Brisbane too. The the, the first stop. I, I mean, exactly. Yeah. We 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 believe in the luck of Brisbane. We had a previous exhibition which just finished a couple of months ago, and it's. It created a huge success, and we love how Brisbane people, you know, uh, you know, shows their attention and enjoys exhibitions and shows their appreciation. So we believe in the luck of Brisbane, so that's why we started to tour here. Well, we the, love Brisbane. Well, that's good. Keep talking that up because we love the fact that the NBA is coming here and, and landing. An extra, and I'm sure there's well, – we, we see the Brisbane Bullets uh, in the NBL, and, and they're getting sell-out crowds. They're getting a lot of support. It, it, it's hard to get a ticket to go see exactly. uh, the, the Brisbane Bullets. I mean, and, and this is – I know they're going to be – visiting this exhibition yes, too. Yes, they, they will be. They will be. Hopefully they will be. And we will have Aaron Baines coming, you know, who used to be an ex-NBA player yes. and a very successful one. And he won a championship. Correct. Know, so it's, it's, yeah, it's very, very exciting. And another thing is for the first three days, we will have the original Larry O'Brien trophy in the exhibition. The real trophy the, itself. The real deal, the trophy. Yeah, we'll yeah, be yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, we'll be there the first three days so you can have a picture with that. Fantastic. Are you up? Can we touch it? Can we pick it up? Uh, oh, no, maybe not. N- not really, but, you know, <laughs> just have a picture. <laughs> no, that's all right. Okay. But we have a section where you can have, we have a replica trophy just for photo shoot opportunities so you can be yeah. a champion for yourself. Yeah, nice. So, nice. so you, we can physically pick up the ball, shoot baskets, do that. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Love it. The NBA exhibition, it starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, Queens Plaza. So right there in the bottom of the Queen Street Mall exactly. uh, on, uh, what is that, Edward Street, George Street. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, exactly. It's on and, Queen and Street. Do... It's, they call it Queen Street. Queen Street Mall, yeah, exactly. I think uh, the, lo- the locals know exactly where exactly, it is. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. How do we get tickets? Because you have to book before you go exactly. in or can you just turn up? Uh, we have a, a box office at the exhibition, but yep. they can buy online uh, at fever.com uh, when they check to Brisbane. You know, uh, they will see and they can buy their tickets. You know, they can choose their time. And we have family packs. We have, you know, uh, individual tickets. So mm. 
you know, they're more than welcome. I know we're sold out the first couple of weekends, but, you know, anytime they want to come. Hey, well, we've got the school holidays coming up too, so there's plenty of uh, time and opportunity for that. I'm looking forward to the Slam Dunk Selfie booth. Yes. It just sounds like I, I, I could have some sort of athletic ability behind, well, at least the photos would show the that. photos, yes. Yes, exactly. Not everyone has to know what's behind. Oh, shh, shh. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, but thank you for taking us behind the scenes. Thank you for the opportunity of, of, of one, bringing it to Brisbane. But as you said, the, the NBA, it is a cultural experience. It's it's more than just sport. It transcends sport, and it's happening here in Brisbane. It all kicks off tomorrow, Queen's Plaza in the Queen Street Mall. Uh, Selwyn, thank you for coming in. Enjoy enjoy Brisbane. Enjoy the stay. And, and, thank you very much. And thank you for bringing it to town. Uh, there we go. Half past ten. You know what time it is. It is time for a news hit. And Sam Q. Bon Jovi. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Diving back into the archives. Was that Motley Crue, Sam? Yeah, it was. Right, Motley Crue playing tonight at Suncorp Stadium. And, yeah, high-octane music. It's just perfect for my next guest because he is a Queensland sporting icon. And, you know, you just don't throw that word around lightly. Icon, do you? Wally, Wayne Bennett, AB, Tomo, The Shark, Kathy, they're all sporting icons. And my next guest sits comfortably with them. And at the age of 78, I reckon he's still faster than all of them. Dick Johnson, he's been in our presence in our lives more than half a century and a fortnight. He hits another major milestone. And that's after hitting a stone at Mount Panorama. Actually, Dick, he was a bit more than a stone at Mount Panorama in the, in the 80s, wasn't it? Good morning, mate. <laughs> How you doing, Benny? Mate, very well. This major milestone, 500 championship rounds you're about to clock up at Adelaide. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, uh, I suppose when you've been around as long as I have and um, you're still in the same game, there's every chance you're going to uh, sort of rack up a few and that's exactly what's happened. Dick Johnson Racing. It was born, as I said, after, after the infamous... Uh, collision with the Rocker at Mount Panorama. 1981, you were able to start your own team and, and go it alone. Well, that's when we went virtually full-time. Yeah. I've been racing you know, since 1964 and, and uh, I saw this opportunity uh, with the XT Falcon where we could go out and, uh, and challenge for the, um, for the Touring Car Championship. And like I said, my wife, because uh, at the end of the day, uh, what we did is we mortgaged the house to be able to do it. And uh, I said, if we do that, because we had the service station, which was, you know, a good business, I said, you know, I can just keep going with the server and give up racing, and and uh, or I can go out and just, you know, go motor racing. 
and uh, I said, if we do that, you'll be looking at the happiest guy in, in the world. Otherwise, um, we can go the other way and you'd be the most miserable bloke you've ever met in your life. So, she unfortunately said yes. <laughs> that, hey, that's a compelling argument, Dick. A compelling argument. Back in 1981, mate, it, it was. It all started at Simmons Plains for you down in Tassie, and you said about challenging for the Touring Car Championship. Well, in '81, in that XD Falcon, you won it. I'm looking at the races too. You, you, what a year! You won five from eight. Yeah, it was. A, it was a pretty good year, and I think the, the one that stands out above all of them was the. Uh, Final round of the championship when uh, Rocky and I went into uh, into the last round at Lakeside in Queensland here, which is without a doubt uh, next to Bathurst the most favourite circuit I ever had. And uh, we were only one point the difference between us. And uh, yeah, it was a battle from start to finish. And uh, fortunately, I came out on top. That was that was it. Was that was that when you were going toe to toe, sort of nose to nose? Like it was it, the the finish was pretty tight. If 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 memory serves me correct, or am I getting my years and races wrong? No, 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 you're 100 percent Johnson, my guest this morning, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, in a fortnight's time, the Adelaide 500, DJR, Dick Johnson Racing, will be racking up their 500th championship round start. The first team to do it in supercars era, uh, in, in touring car history, I should say. Dick, do, do you allow yourself to sit back and think how the sport, how the team has evolved from you taking that punt in, in what, 81, 42 years ago and how it's evolved now? Certainly, I tell you what, it's certainly a different, totally different to what it was coming back in 1981, I can assure you. Not only are the tracks different, but um, obviously the cars are different and uh, the structure of the races are different. So uh, it's certainly very, very professional. And the thing that I could never get my head around, and fortunately, you know, I sort of retired before it became uh, what we would call the the backbone of what motor racing is now is goddamn technology and thank god I'm not with Optus otherwise we would be big trouble <laughs> nice well done um, yeah the technology and, and with that technology as much as it if, I, I don't know. I'm going to say helps the driver, helps the sport, enhances it, the and and translates to our cars we see on the roads now. But the costs would just be mind blowing. I mean, the cost back in 1981, as opposed to what it is in 2023. They, would would you even dream of what it costs now to put a car on the on the track? Absolutely not. To be quite honest, you know that. To run a, a proper two-car operation these days, you're looking at, at a good minimum of $7 million for, for a season. And, and uh, that's becoming very difficult to find at times. So you've really got to, uh, especially with, the, with all the updates in the technology, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's, it's evolved to this. So, like all professional sports. But, but Dicky, your longevity, I mean, it, it comes down to more than just being a, a, a brilliant driver and, and, and having, well, having the, the experience that you've had. That longevity, what do you put it down to? I mean, because, I mean, coming into this year, 
Yourself, DJR and Triple Eight, tied for the most drivers' championships. You've got three teams' championships, 145 poles, 148 race wins. I mean, we can keep reeling these numbers out, but it comes down to longevity and you being on track with this team to do it. Well, it's, it's, you can't put it down to anything but a passion for, for what I'm doing. And, and I'm pretty fortunate where uh, most people don't get the opportunity of... of uh, working on something that they love doing all their career and uh, that's something that I've always enjoyed is you know the motor racing and just just the, not only the driving but the, the way the running of the team and the way it all evolves and you, you because you're only as good in this game you're only as good as the people you've got around you and, uh, and we've got a great bunch of people uh, you do have a ripper team down there at Stapleton um, mate can I get you I don't want you to get into the nuts and bolts of it, and I know it's very political, but, I mean, parody. Do, do you sometimes just sit back and scratch your head? Because I'm assuming you wouldn't have had parody back in 1981. Yeah, right. Parody in 1981 was because the cars are so different, though. What, what we were racing back in 1981 was really just a hotted-up taxi, where today these are purpose-built race cars that uh, right down to the very last infinite nut and bolt is all control. So uh, it's just a matter of how the team can sort of work together to get the most out of what the rules allow you to do. And how are those rules? Well, fortunately now they've seen that there is a, 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 bit, of, a bit of difference between the two cars and uh, as we speak there's two cars now, one, one Mustang, which we prepared, and one uh, Camaro, uh, which are now supercars, are sending both of them to the US to go in the wind tunnel and also on what they call an AVL dyno, and which will really, you know, put the engines um, to be exactly the same. So there's parity will be there for, for next year for sure. One final question on this, Dickie. Should that have happened at the beginning of the year? <coughs> Absolutely. To go through the, the rigmarole that we went through to try and ascertain or to be able to sort of get to the point where parity uh, was there, um, running up and down an airstrip with a bit of cut wool on the car really doesn't sort of um, cut it, to be quite honest. And, uh, and that's why we've got to this stage where it should have been done uh, from day one. Well, mate, I know you're on your way out to Queensland Raceway. Um, we have part of the SEN team heading out there. Ian Healy is out there doing a, a hot lap and uh, Andrew McCulloch as well. So what have you got in store for Heels? <laughs> oh, mate, Heels. I know Heels is a fairly passionate sort of motor person or, you know, car person. So he's going to get the thrill of his life, I can tell you. It's one thing to face a, a, a cricket ball coming at you at like over 100 mile an hour, but... Um, when you're doing over 100 mile an hour and thinking you're not going to stop, I reckon that's when he'll sort of uh, have the old 
<laughs> well said, mate. And on that note, I'll leave you there. It's always great to chat. Dick Johnson, <laughs> he's got another thing coming for him from Heels. How good is that? Uh, but Dick Johnson, DJR Racing, 1991. It all started full-time for Dickie. And they bring up their 500th round start in a championship in Adelaide. It's the final round of the season. It's in a fortnight's time. What a great man he is and uh, what he's done for sport in this state and this country as well. SENQ, we've got the quiz coming up very shortly. I'll give you the cue and the call to get in in just a moment. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Uh, Sam, what? No, no play on? No, no, no music? All right. No, he's just letting things slip. All right. No, oh, no, no. He's just getting primed for a big final hour, uh, which we are too. Uh, a couple of minutes away from the news at 10. In fact, only, oh, only 60 seconds away at 10, at 11. Um, I need to give you the question, the quiz. That's right. That's why we are all over the shop because Wednesday after the Melbourne Cup Day, we are jiggling things around. So we couldn't do it yesterday because of the cup. We are doing it today. The quiz. $100 voucher, dinner or drinks on us at the Lord Alfred up for grabs. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five. The question you need to get in, which horse won the Melbourne Cup yesterday? Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five. Remember the first four or five callers through. You get a second chance at this. We know the strategy when you've got to answer all ten. We'll be doing that straight after the news at 11 here on SENQ. 13.13.55, that's if, of course, you're not with Optus. Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Six to bring up 200 and win the game. Everybody here's on their feet. And Maxwell hits it high. Can it make it? It does make it. Glenn Maxwell. Unbelievable. The most remarkable thing you'll probably ever see in cricket. Oh, yes. Ian Smith calling it as he saw it. A Kiwi too. Getting excited about Glenn Maxwell. It is one of the more remarkable things you will ever see. Not only in cricket, just you could have ended that sentence ever see. Glenn Maxwell with a record eighth-wicket stand alongside Pat Cummins. 202 runs. Uh, unbelievable stuff. Australia winning by three wickets. Um, just on Smithy's call, it, it just reminds me of, of how good he is. And when it comes to cricket, we, we always go back to Richie and, and Bill and Tony, and we love that. We, we will not see anything or hear anything like that again, will we? But Ian Smith, geez, he's got to be up there as one of the leading commentators in world cricket. World cricket. He's called some big moments. I just love listening to him and he, how he, he encapsulates a moment and the passion. He's up there, isn't he? Is there any better? 131355 or 0467736736. Actually, I can't get you to call in on that because you know what? I'm getting you to call in on this.
Ten questions, one winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Benny Davis. I will get your thoughts on Smithy before midday today, but right now it is the quiz. Normally on a Tuesday, but we've held it over for a Wednesday because of all the Melbourne Cup shenanigans yesterday. Uh, The question you needed, which horse won the Melbourne Cup? Have you got it? 13-13-55. That is the number you need. Remember the first five callers through. Get a second chance because there's strategy, and this isn't the last man standing of course there is. You want to come in and be there at the end. But you need someone to kick it off, and it's where we head out to Burp and Gary. John, a very good morning to you. You're the first cab off the rank, so you have the first at getting a shot of dinner or drinks on us at your choice at the Lord Alfred Hotel. Um, mate, the Melbourne Cup, who won it yesterday? Without a fight. Without a fight. Maxi put up a fight in Mumbai, but Mark Zara, without a fight, crossing the line first yesterday. Outstanding stuff. We are off and running. Uh, question number two, John. Which Dolphin star scored a double for the Kiwis in their win over the Kangaroos in the Pacific Championship in New Zealand? Who scored the double? Jermaine Asako. Yes, competition's leading try scorer, point scorer as well. Question number three, off and running. The Brisbane Lions are playing in the AFLW final series starting this weekend. Um, They have been one of the most best-performed teams in this state over the journey, over the last eight seasons. They won one grand final. What year was that? They've played. they've, They've played. No, no clues. No clues. And we've got the timer ticking as well. Oh, actually, uh, I did. 2023. Oh, no. That, that's this year. No, no. John, yeah, you get you get, no. you get a second second bite. Actually, when he said I gave a clue, well, I did give a clue for those who are listening. Uh, let's head to, oh, we're going we're gonna to stay in Burp and Gary. Jake, good morning to you. <laughs> <laughs> we've morning, had John and we've had Jake. Hang on. Are you two neighbours? Do you know each other? <laughs> no. <laughs> but same suburb. I love it. Um, actually, before I get into this, Jake, the boy from Burp and Gary, Jamie Head, I've got to mention this. He, he's Queensland's newest world champion because over the weekend he won the Timber Sports world titles. I love this story. Jamie Head, the boy from Burp and Gary, Timber Sports. Think, think wood chop at the air car on steroids. It's got all the wood chop action with axes, plus there's saws, there's power saws. And he took it away. So Burp and Gary, mate, on the map. And, Jake, you're going to put it on the map today if you can answer these questions. <laughs> um, where were we up to? Oh, question three. Brisbane Lions, AFLW side. Uh, they, they've played in every single final series bar one of AFLW, but they've only won one premiership. What year was it? Um, I th- think it was 2021. Think correctly. Well done. Here we go. Uh, question number four. Flying here, just like Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham. Until yesterday, they had their first <laughs> loss of the Premier League season. Who was it to? Was uh, it Chelsea? It was Chelsea. Uh, down two red cards too. They had to battle. Uh, we'll play a bit of Ange <laughs> before, before midday today. He's got an interesting take on it as well. Question number five, Jake. Here we go. Oh, I just spoke to Dick Johnson about this. How many drivers' championships... 
Has DJR Racing won over their years? 42 years of uh, supercar history or Australian touring car history. How many drivers' championships has DJR won? I I walked away from the radio when this was on. I'm going to say four. Not nah. four, not four. But you know what, Jake? You do get a second bite at the cherry because you were one of the first five callers through. 13, 13, 55. Uh, let's head out to... Oh, look who's back. Dell. good morning again. Good morning, Ben. Hey, very good chatting to you last hour. Uh, we, if you're just joining us for the first time today, we spoke to Greg Ritchie on Glenn Maxwell's knock because so many are comparing it to what Dean Jones did in the mid-80s in Chennai, Madras, and uh, mm. that rec- And Dell phoned in after that saying, I taught Greg Ritchie at school. So, Dell, welcome back. I just sort of reintroduce you to everyone who's chiming in right now. So, Dell, the quiz, you know how it works. Dick Johnson, were you listening to my interview with him a few minutes ago? <laughs> were you listening to when I was speaking to Tricky Dicky a few minutes ago? Uh, I only heard part of it. I was having morning tea. Morning tea. All right. Well, Del, here we go. Mm. The, the question the question to you now, how many drivers' championships, how many titles has Dick Johnson Racing won? And I've got to say, it, it's, 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 it's up there with, well, there's only one other team that have tied with them in this number. Uh-huh. Under 10? Ooh, I can't give you that. But you'd be close. You'd be in the you'd be in the ballpark. I'll go six. Six. Dell, it's not I six. But 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 Dell, you do get a second bite at the cherry if you call back in because you were one of the first five callers through. Uh let's head to Annalee. Doug, good morning. Good morning. Dick Johnson, Dick Johnson Racing. How many titles have they won over their forty two years? Not five. No, no, no. They are tied with Triple Eight racing right now. I did mention this in my interview with Dick. Uh, how many drivers' championships has DJR won? Uh, John is using his second chance cards. John, have you got the answer to this one? I'll say 10. And 10 is correct, Amundo. Tied with Triple Eight. Well done. I thought we might have got bogged down on question five, but we are into the second half of the quiz. Question number six. Okay. We are all lauding Glenn Maxwell for what he did this morning in the wee hours in Mumbai. He broke the record for Australia's highest ever one-day score. Whose record did he break? Who held our highest one-day score before Glenn Maxwell? Shane Watson. Well, it was what I exactly, yeah. Uh, one, uh, one, uh, 185 it was, Shane Watson against I was, Bangladesh. I was listening earlier, Ben. Yeah, no, very good, very good. Um, question number seven, or well, this one hasn't had a clue, but the Brisbane Bullets, they're going all right so far this season. They just had their three-game winning streak broken, but which Bullet star leads the NBL in scoring? Oh... I can't say I've followed the um, bullets a lot lately. Chuck, and, um, chuck a name out there. Nathan Sobey? It is Nathan Sobey. Yes, well done. 20 and a half points a game. Uh, question number eight. We're going to turn to the sport of tennis. Which 
or sorry, who, which country did Australia lose to in the Billie Jean Cup overnight? I know I gave you Slovenia. Well, yes, you're writing it down. Fantastic. Uh, John, I've got Damien who is death riding you here. Uh, he yes. is standing by, breathing down your neck as we head into the penultimate question. Question number nine. Mark Zara. Damien, Damien's been death riding me. I think he must have been talking to Mate's wife then. <laughs> no. Um, I'll leave that one right alone. Mark Zara. He won, the, he won the Melbourne Cup yesterday. We know that on Without a Fight. He's gone back to back. Which horse did he win it on last year? Gold trip. Oh, there we go. I thought that was pretty easy for question nine. Question ten. It may, it may pull you up. Maybe not. Glenn Maxwell and Pat Cummins. They put on that record-breaking eight-wicket partnership for Australia. In fact, it's the record in world cricket. How many did Pat Cummins score of the partnership? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know Maxie scored most of them. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Don't know. Oh, John's so close. Damien was death riding you. Let's see if Damien's got the answer. Let's head to Bribey Island. Damien, good morning. Uh, good morning, Ben. How are you going? Mate, you've timed your you've timed your run really well here. Glenn yeah, Maxwell, Pat and, Cummins. Know, yes. I, I know. I was talking to a work colleague this morning about it. Uh, he scored 12 off 68 uh, balls. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh! He did. A 202-run partnership with uh, with um, Captain Cummins. That's right. And, yeah, 12, yeah, 12 68. So I, I reckon Pat Cummins deserves a pat on the back for this because he held up his end of the bargain. Without him, Maxie isn't doing that. He could have been left stranded because Adam Zamper was the next one in. So Pat Cummins in a 202-run partnership scored 12. And I think actually Pat even said uh, on social media, he said, good on Maxie for living up to his end of the bargain. <laughs> and I held up mine. Now, Damien, congratulations. A dinner or drinks on us. You're headed to the Lord Alfred. It is one of the best entertainment spots in Brisbane. As we know, the top of Caxton Street, uh, the best live sport, live music. Head to the Lord Alfred. Damien, you'll be doing that for being the last man standing uh, on a Wednesday. Well done, mate. Thank you. I'm going to hand you back to the Hoff. He's going to get your details. We'll do it again on Tuesday next week at the normal time of 11am. There we go. We got through that. I thought we might have hit a submerged log when we hit the question five. No, but uh, we flew through that after that. All right, uh, 16 minutes past 11. Uh, I'm going to clear the competition lines, hit the reset on that, uh, and we're going to open that back up to you. Ian Smith calling the cricket. Got to be one of the best cricket commentators going around, doesn't he? That call of Glenn Maxwell, sensational. And if you go back to the last World Cup final too between England and New Zealand, his call on that was unbelievable because it was an unbelievable finish to that game, the super over and all the hijinks and shenanigans that went on there. He just, just absolutely covered it in glory, as he did last night. That's saying something too for a Kiwi, isn't it? Is there a better caller in world cricket? Well, that's a big call, isn't it? If you've got one, let me know.
736 I'll give you an update on the Optus outage too, straight after this. SEN, your new home of sport here in Queensland, 6.93am on the dial, or if you're on the Gold Coast, 11.26am. And for those streaming on phones, for those listening online, uh, the uh, number is the same, 13.13.55. Two to win. Guttall's going to push for two. They've got to go. It's got to throw. It's got to go to the keeper's end. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. By the barest of all margins. Absolute ecstasy for England. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Glenn, first things first, physically, how are you doing? Horrific. <laughs> I feel shocking. Um, yeah, it was obviously quite hot when we were fielding today and, um, yeah, I, I haven't really done a whole lot of high intensity exercise I suppose in the in the heat and it certainly got a hold of me today and um, yeah, just luckily enough um, we came out with a plan to sort of stay at the same end for a little bit until I could sort of get some movement back and luckily enough I was able to stick it out to the end. <laughs> Glenn Maxwell there he is the talk of the nation after last night or in the early hours of this morning that mercurial double century the first from an Australian male player Belinda Clark has got one in the uh, women's game but the first for a one day of an Australian 201 from 128 ball outstanding stuff Glenn Maxwell take a bow getting Australia across the line uh, in the World Cup against Afghanistan. It's, again, that's a, a line I never thought I'd be uttering out of my mouth. Um, all thanks to Queensland Cricket. Let's get an update from the Gabba. And not looking too good for the Bulls there, just quietly. Uh, against South Australia, day three, they trail by 204 runs with only four wickets remaining. So they're six for 155 in reply to the Redbacks. Uh, three for f- uh, f- three, sorry, Five declared for 359. Spit it out, Ben. There we go. I'm just having a look at the scorecard here. Dear, dear. Michael Nisa, last man out, third ball duck. This is from the leading run scorer in the Shield competition. There we go. Uh, that's all thanks to, well, as I said, the Queensland cricket and they're getting tickets ready for sale for Big Bash. The Brisbane Heat is underway very shortly, December 7. That all kicks off. Big Bash is back. Don't miss the Brisbane Heat's five home games at the Gabba. Get your tickets at Ticketek today. And there's one man you can see in action in the teal. He's very multi-talented, not only with the ball and the bat, but with the axe as well. Can play the guitar, can sing, extremely jealous, but what he does with the bat and ball as well is why he has picked up the final contract with the Brisbane Heat. I'm speaking of none other than Jack Wood, the, well, I was going to say Ipswich product, but let's nail it down. It's Laidley, really. Jack, a very good morning to you. There's some great pipes on you, and not talking about the guns either. I'm talking about the voice. (laughs) Good morning to you. Good morning, Ben. How are you, Matt? 
Mate, well, all the better for talking to you because when we caught up last week when you were unveiled as the Heat's final signing, um, we were we were, we were were told that, oh, Jack's been working on a secret, well, not a secret project, but his other skills while being away from the game. And we were surprised, I've got to tell you, when we turned up and we heard you play that. That's amazing. How long have you been playing the guitar, mate? Uh, awesome, mate. I've uh, probably been playing guitar now for about uh, probably three and a bit years, mate. I've been gigging full-time for probably two, so... Um yeah, no, I've, I've loved uh, loved the journey that it's brought, mate. Hey, hang on, two two three years, and and, and you you're playing and singing like that. That's... Yeah, yeah, no, I've um I've been lucky enough to be around some pretty cool people here, mate. That have uh, doing been doing it for a while, so it's uh yeah certainly helped me. All right, well, what made you pick up a guitar in the first place? We'll get to cricket um... in a second, but what made you pick up the guitar? <laughs> because this is what I'm this is what I'm fascinated about. Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, funny. I was actually a Sparky before I um I first got contracted with Queensland a few years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, then going into professional sport, that was a pretty scary thing to um to be <laughs> to go back to full time Sparking. So I thought oh, I could always sing a bit. So I thought I'd um pick up the guitar and give it a whirl, mate. And um yeah, the rest is um the rest is what it is. Yeah. That's brilliant. Have you, what about, you know, when you're on away trips and tours like that, oh, I'm tipping that the entertainment's sorted. Do you, do you pull it out in the dressing room and, and, and start playing for the voice? Yeah, I certainly have on occasions, mate. I, I generally stick to request only. I, I hate to pull it out um, if I haven't been asked to. Um, <laughs> I made that mistake very early, mate. When I wasn't very good, I pulled it out and uh, the boys got into me. So yeah, you live and learn how to... <laughs> when the right time is to pull it out. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, that, that's a bit harsh. I mean, with a voice like that and singing and, and being able to play too, I just would have been sort of... Uh, Jack Wood, my guest this morning, as I said, he, he's picked up the final contract for the Heat coming into this summer's Big Bash. Jack, we have seen you in the teal before. During during COVID, you were, you were used as a local replacement player, weren't you? That's when you made your debut back in 2020. Yes, correct. I, uh, that was against the, um, against the Stars. Yeah. Yep. Hey, and, and I remember, and look, because you know, being the local boy from Ipswich, or lately, as I said, and, and I remember Andy Bickle pointing me out at training one day saying, hey, this bloke, have a look at this. It's left arm, spinner. He's just got that X factor, something that we don't see too much of the game. That That's what we saw you as when you made your debut yep. as a spinner. But yes. But then during, well, after the Queensland cricket contract ended and you've gone yep. away and reinvented yourself, haven't you? Yeah, certainly have, mate. I put a, sort of a lot of work in me batting and um... – a lot of that's sort of just been more a mental thing than a than a physical thing, mate. I think um, just taking a lot of pressure off myself and um, playing with a lot more freedom um, compared to you know the pressures of being contracted and and it can sort of eat you up a little bit at times, mate. But I'm in a pretty good place, um, yeah, pretty good place now with my with my game, and I feel like I'm yeah just playing with a lot more freedom than I used to, mate. Very humble, a pretty good place. I mean, you are opening the batting now and you were the joint leading run scorer in the T20 Max competition. You were about yep. 379 runs, strike rate of 160. I mean, you were creaming them for Ipswich. Yeah. No, I, we had a um, we had a very good very good tournament, mate. I, um, I, I love playing for Ipswich. I was obviously away last season in Adelaide and um, had a good time there too, but it's good to be back playing with me brother and uh that's that's where i play my best cricket mate all right well, well let, let, let's start there you just said adelaide and, and you've been around the country i mean your journey outside of the guitar playing and playing gigs your journey you've adelaide sydney the northern territory yeah yeah no i'm uh i'm loving where 
where cricket can take me, mate. It's um, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. Team sport, the people you meet, and the places it takes you. I've um, I've been lucky enough to play at some pretty special clubs over the last few years. So um, yeah, very grateful. You were playing in the territories. You said Darwin. You you, you took on yep. Pakistan, eh? I mean, that, that's experience. How how did that come about? And and how's how is cricket in the Northern Territory? Oh, mate, I couldn't um couldn't recommend it more highly. Going up there for a, for a winter, it's obviously you know you got your England England stuff as well, but it's um it's just as special and uh, a lot closer. So um yeah, I, I played played club cricket with Waratahs there under some pretty cool people, and um was lucky enough to. To play in the strike league and then the top end series, which was the one against um, Pakistan A, which was pretty cool. Well, it's amazing experiences, as you said. I, I'm I'm reading between the lines, but I reckon when your the the contracts didn't get renewed with Queensland cricket, you 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 probably thought, well, here's the end of the world. What what do I need yeah, to do? Yeah, yeah. but but you yeah, hundred percent. It's a pretty um yeah. It, well, until until you've sort of been there, it's hard to uh, imagine what it feels like, mate. But um, yeah, it's a roller coaster and it's all learning and um. I'm very grateful for the for the people I had around me and the opportunities I've had since, mate. I've uh, yeah, I've loved it. Well, you worked hard. You were the player of the series and player of the match against Pakistan. Eight one hundred and one yep. not out from fifty nine. It's it's mass it's Maxwell esque. I'm going to say <laughs> because I mean that's the thing, the spinner. But yeah, <laughs> you're you're a left arm spinner, but you're bat right handed. When did you figure that out? Uh, good question, mate. Good question. I've uh, I'm, well, I'm left handed traditionally. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I play tennis left-handed. Just the, the golf and the cricket, mate. I've uh, always been a right-handed swing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know what age you found that out because I reckon it would have made batting a hell of a lot easier once you figured out that you were doing it. Maybe, maybe uh, wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah. What about the music? The music in cricket can that translate? Can that can you take sort of one into the other, or you know, I'm just thinking because you know the tempo and rhythm when you when you're batting and and bowling that that that's yeah, yeah. it's definitely um oh it's it's obviously it's um professional sport and anything in any sort of job you're in or wherever life takes you. It's all about sort of feeling comfortable with where you're at, isn't it? Um, being able to perform in in um wherever you are. So I think music sort of definitely helped me being in front of people and. Um, being sort of the centre stage and the spotlight in some sort of way, which is um, it sort of helped me feel a lot more comfortable and um, and I suppose cricket sort of helped me help me um, go into that music stuff as well with being comfortable in front of people, man. Oh, mate. Well, we hope to see you comfortable uh, wearing the, the the teal again as you uh, pick up the. Uh... Uh, well, you pick up the the big bash contract, uh, contract the career. You, you pick it up, you reignite it, and it's a yep. fascinating story, mate. So we're going to be looking out for you and looking out for you doing gigs around it. Where do you normally play? Uh, oh, mate, a few different spots. Um, we've got a, a mate of my housemates here is um, managing the music at home in the city. It's a reasonably new venue, so I've been there there a couple of times and. Um, RGs in the valley here a bit, and um, I, I go. I like to book a weekend out at home in Laidley and go back to my local pubs, mate, and um, yeah, and enjoy a weekend out there. Great stuff. You can see Jack Wood playing at a club, a club, a club, <laughs> or a pub near you. But you can also see him playing at the Gabba this summer as well. Um, I guess we can class you as a, a rookie, mate, even though you've scored a century yep. against Pakistan. Eh? Um, <laughs> Jack Wood is our, well, our rookie spotlight this week, all thanks to Australian Industry Trade College. Deliberatelydifferent.com.au is where you find that. And I reckon that fits Jack com- uh, completely. Deliberately different. Mate, good luck and uh, all the best for the summer. 
Good man. Thanks very much, Ben. There we go. Cheers. Jack Wood from the Brisbane Heat. Oh, it's a great story. I love stories like that. And, and you get to know the players a bit more. And, and when you watch them, you just go, that's the bloke who can play the guitar as well. Bowls left-handed, bats right, scores centuries, can sing and play the guitar. Yeah, he's doing it tough in the world, isn't he? Great stuff. All right, 11.34 this Wednesday morning. Time for a news hit. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Breaking news coming out of the Lions' den. Craig Starsevich, the coach of the AFLW team, has recommitted to the club for a further two seasons. What about this? He is becoming, well, he's already become the first coach to coach 75 games, says the senior. He's been there from the start, Stars, and so have the Brisbane Lions. And coming into this season, they were already one of this state's most successful sporting teams of the last decade. This is the eighth season of AFLW, and the Lions have made the top four, not just finals, but the top four for every single season, bar one. Grand finals as well. Uh, Only one premiership, but, geez, only one. Well, they are on their way to a final series this weekend as well. They're heading down to Adelaide to fire up that old rivalry with the Crows as well. Oh, these two feathers will fly. We know that. And, And an integral part of the Lions set up is on my line. That's right. We are doing this all thanks to MEGT, helping women kick career goals in the trade industry. Well, talking about kicking goals, it's exactly what Sophie Conway did on the weekend. Soph, a very good morning to you. Two goals in that win over the Demons. Congratulations. Nah, hey, guys. How you going? Yeah, it was good. Good to get the W, especially um, especially round 10, grand final rematch and against the Ds. So, yeah, it was a good feeling. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You, you've buried the Demons, which means you've buried the three teams above you on the ladder coming to you. So you know that the top three are beatable. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like our best footy is, um, can compete against anyone. And, um, yeah, we've shown that in glimpses throughout throughout the season, the home and away season. So, yeah, obviously really excited to, to see what we can do this final series. Well, going down to Adelaide, does it hold any fears for you? Nah, definitely not. I love going down to Adelaide. Um, got some good um, good experiences down there. And, um, yeah, we know what, you know, the Adelaide crowd is like as well. So um, that'll, bring, that'll bring a different element, which I'm really excited to be a part of. All right. Tell us about the Adelaide crowd. What are they like? <laughs> oh, we know what SA... SA love their footy and, and why wouldn't they? Um, and especially, obviously you know, how good Adelaide Crows have been doing in the last couple of years as well. So they get around their girls and, um, yeah, I've no doubt they'll be there in force um, this weekend. So it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting and, and one I'm really um, keen to be involved in. So if I reckon that was a very diplomatic answer from you because we do know the reputation of Adelaide crowds. They're, they're, they're rough and they're spirited just like their players, right? 
Yeah, for sure. They they love it. They live and breathe it down there. So, um, yeah, it's going to be red hot, I reckon. <laughs> hey, what about the news we led into this with um, Stars uh, recommitting for another tease? He, he wasn't going to go anywhere, was he? But it just must give uh, the girls a big boost coming into the weekend. Oh, 100%. Yeah, um, we obviously found out, um, yeah, during the week and, um, yeah, the – the cheers and and everything was phenomenal and um yeah obviously Craig's been a big part of my journey and um yeah I'm really excited to to have him um commit to the club for another couple of years and and be involved with him um for a fair few more years to come so he's um he's a great man and um I love what he brings you know on and off the field and um yeah I'm you know really proud and excited for him Okay, well, well, talk us through that. I mean, he, he's done a remarkable job, and you've you've been part of this journey, as you, as you said, fifty games you clocked up uh, during during this year. But the Lions' success, I guess, you've almost been victims of your own success because every time they expand the comp, they come looking and knocking on the door of the Lions. They 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 rip some of your or try to lure some of your best players away. But also, teams looking for a marquee player, they they look straight into the, the den. So Stas and and the team, you've had to rebuild constantly year after year after year, yet you're still so competitive year after year after year. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously it's always disappointing, you know, year on year losing, you know, players and and whatnot. But I think um, you know, it's the players that stay, it's the staff that, you know, are here to build this culture and I think each and every year we just find another gear and, and continue to, I guess, band together and, and know what we want to do. And um, I think, yeah, that's obviously the biggest part. You know, it stems from, you know, Craig up top and, and Bree Brock. And, um, you know, it's obviously, or like I said, it's always disappointing losing players. But I think the players that stay, we just have this, you know, desire in us to continue to obviously continue to get better and, mm. and we obviously want to you know continue to um, keep competing at the top with everyone and um, yeah obviously yeah we, we, we do continue to find a way but I think it's what, what we're doing inside four walls which is the most important thing. Well said. Well said. It comes down to this Saturday. It's a qualifying final so top four you get two uh, you get the double chance but you also have the well, the lure of securing a home prelim final if you win this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, oh, I'm pumped for this weekend. I mean, I, at the moment, that's all I'm really worried about. I'm just worried about, you know, getting the win and, and what happens after that. Um, yeah, we'll then focus on, obviously, you know, getting the win. It's ex- then exciting to obviously have a home prelim, but... Um, yeah, we got to really focus in and, and really sharpen up for, for what, you know, this weekend. It's going to be a very hot contest and um, one I'm, yeah, very much looking forward to. Yeah, well, so are we, Soph, so are we. It kickstarts the uh, finals series this uh, uh, this weekend. Saturday afternoon at 2.30, well, it's 2.30 in Adelaide, so what's that, 3 o'clock here down at Norwood Oval, the Crows and the Lions. Sophie Conway will be there very good on the weekend, 10 touches, 8 marks, 2 goals. Sophie, you continue to uh, knock them out of the park. Appreciate your time this morning. Nah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Go the Lions. Go the Lions indeed. Sophie Conway, she's been a big part of their success and may that continue coming into the weekend. Uh, That's all thanks to MEGT, Women in Trades Advance Your Workforce with Female Tradie Power. Visit megt.com.au.
Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Ah, uh, yes, that one. Heading out to Glenn Maxwell. Unbelievable. I wonder if he is sleeping now. I mean, his body would say, put me to sleep, but surely the mind is still racing after that innings. An unbelievable, the miracle in Mumbai from Maxie. We'll be talking about that for some time. Uh, Matthew, thank, for your, thank you for your text. He said, agreed, Benny. He gets you going for a Kiwi. Yeah, we are talking about Ian Smith calling that, calling all the action. It was a hell of a call to bring it home, Glenn Maxwell. The call was as good as the innings, I would say. Uh, Jace, thank you for your text. Ben, I have coverage now, but some workmates still don't as yet. So he is on Optus saying that he's got coverage. The Hoff is shaking his head. He's on Optus saying, no, I don't have it. So maybe slowly but surely the Optus coverage is coming back. Well, according to Jason, actually, well, he's text us. So it's got to be working, right? Anyway, uh, for those who have been following the show over the last three hours, we've had a great chat with Greg Ritchie. We did that to kick things off because after Glenn Maxwell's innings, so many are now comparing it to what Dean Jones did in Chennai or Madras back as it was during the mid-80s. Greg Ritchie was the next man in behind Dean Jones. So he had a front row seat of seeing that in person, what was happening. Um, well, after speaking to Greg Ritchie, we had a phone call from Dell. Dell out at Ipswich. She used to teach Greg Ritchie at school. So it was great to have a chat to Dell. She gave us her thoughts on everything in sports. So, Dell, I'm going to send you off to the Waterloo Bay Hotel, the ultimate venue for celebrations, corporate events, unforgettable memories at waterloobayhotel.com.au. Dell, you can have a drink and dinner on us. So outstanding stuff. Thank you for being part of the show today. Um, the Brisbane Lions too. We wish them luck heading into the uh, weekend uh, playing the Adelaide Crows in the AFLW. What a year they've had in both the men's and women's. The record membership. They want to do it again next year as well. Membership for the Lions.com.au. All right. That's all I've got time for. Thank you for your company over the last three hours. Hasn't that gone quickly? We'll do it again next Tuesday from 9. Until then, good luck. Good hunting.